Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. All right, we're underway. Hopefully you guys are all ready for a wild ride on We Do Recover episode 65. I'm your host of this thing, Jared Miller, an advanced substance use disorder counselor. Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host, and I am a board-certified addiction medicine physician. I'm excited for this podcast. This has been a tough one. 65 is going to go down in the books. I can't believe we're at 65. Right? That's That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. We've made 65 podcasts. This one's been a tough one to schedule, though. Sean hasn't fired us after 65 times of having to put up with this. I, I, I'm happy about Grateful. that. Grateful. I usually get fired by this point in my career. I had a community one scheduled, and then Sean had to go out of town. I understand he had some family stuff come up. Sorry! And then, of course, if you saw the promo, uh, Kelsey Olson was supposed to come on. She's supposed to be our guest today. Yeah. Sellers. Yeah. Well, she called me last night, and she oh, had shoot. some medical hangups. Oh, shoot. So she couldn't make it down. Dang it. That's yeah, tough. I kind of knew that, but I'll pretend like I'm surprised. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the <laughs> theatrics is great. Right. Uh, I, I only foresee it maybe getting a little tougher with some guests, though, so I'm hoping that me and you can kind of do some discussion-based episodes moving forward because COVID's rearing its ugly head up again. Yeah, well, we've had we've had a couple of these kind of episodes where it's just you and me, and I, I, I think we have fun with them. I have a lot of fun with them. I love it. I, I like to hear people's stories. Like, we're going to continue that. We're not changing the, for, the the format of the podcast necessarily. But today we are because we got no guest. Well, listen, I'm going to be fully transparent. Recovery hasn't saved me from being very self-centered. What? So any time that I can come on here and talk about me or my life. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I, it's it's wonderful for me. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many people actually want to hear this stuff, Sean. But, but I mean, it's no, great for me. Nobody. So... You want to hear this stuff about yourself, <laughs> and I want to hear the stuff about myself, and nobody else wants to hear this bull crap. Uh, that's all right. What, what fun Will we have at least two listeners to this? Yep, you and me. <laughs> three, if you yeah. count yourself. Yeah, you, Fantastic. me, and Sean. We got three listeners, but we're in the, the room. Couple, we have no choice but to listen. Got the couple voices in my head, so we got a group meeting. We got five people. We have a quorum, actually. I we love got it. five people. Who's up there? <laughs> Any famous figures that <laughs> hey, we should know about? Hey, listen, I know a doctor that could prescribe you something yeah, for there's, schizophrenia. There's, there's medications wanna... for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's all check in, huh? Right. How about we get this thing started? Sure. We're a couple minutes in, so so sellers. We're in no rush. Let's reframe this and. Instead of new and goods, how has your 2022 started out for you? Well, I had COVID. What? You got the Rona? Did you know I had COVID? I, I think didn't. I told you. What variant did, I did not you tell get? You? Well, I don't know because they can't. I mean, they don't really do that, right? Oh, they don't test what variant no. it is? No, they don't do that. Only research labs thought, can do that. I mean, I thought it was like M&Ms. Like, you know, you, I got that's it. what you, I thought. You know you get the crispy or the peanut or the plain or the right. almond. I got almond. <laughs> you ended up with Skittles. That's what happened. I got Skittles. <laughs> I got the Skittles. That's a. They have <laughs> antibiotics for that, by the uh, way. If you get the Skittles, um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it was Omicron because the truth is. Sorry about that. The truth is. Uh, is that a Decepticon version? Yeah, Omicron. Yeah, Omicron Decepticon. <laughs> uh, the the truth is, I didn't get very sick at all. Like, but my, you tested positive. My wife had it for. My wife got it. And she got really fairly sick, like she was not feeling good at all and coughing a ton and starting to, starting to get worried about her. And then one day I'm at work and I'm like, I should probably test just in case. Yeah. So I'm sitting, I can't believe I'm about to tell this on, on, Let's on get the it. waves. I'm sitting there talking to a patient, no mask on. What happened was I had showed up to work, told the nurse to test me. Mm-hmm. She tested me. Then I went to see a patient. <laughs> I'm a fully, fully knowing that your one, wife, Melody, one, the one, beautiful Melody, doesn't, she has COVID. Yeah. I, I don't know if I told you this. I'm a doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I just got tested, <coughs> but I, I should be fine. <laughs> I, had, I had no symptoms at all. Now, cough. That's the thing. So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to this patient, and the nurse comes back in because she usually comes in and, and uh, jots some notes for me and stuff. And so. In the middle of talking to this patient, I said, uh, I turned to the nurse and I said, hey, how is my, and I shouldn't have done this in front of the patient. This was not, <laughs> oh. I just wasn't, I just didn't think I was going to be positive, right? Yeah. Hey, how was my COVID test? Oh, you're positive. <laughs> wait, doctors can get COVID? I got COVID. Weird. Hey, wait, okay, so what did the patient do? <laughs> well, I've left. Like I l- literally stood up and left the room right then. 
and I and I uh, I tell a health telemedicine to the remaining patients. Smart man. He wound up getting COVID. Seriously. He didn't get very sick. I hope he didn't charge him for the visit. Uh, well, he's in he's in a he's in a rehab. He's in an inpatient treatment right, center. Right. So we don't, there's no extra charge for the visit. At least that. You need to give him a gift card or something for giving him COVID. Probably. Yeah. Send him a fruit basket. I mean, same thing happened to the gonorrhea. You give it to somebody, and then you buy him a gift basket. You sound. I didn't exper- know. You what? sound no. like you've given gonorrhea to somebody. <laughs> Do we need to? Is there anything we need to talk about here? Oh man, giving COVID to somebody is not cool. Giving gonorrhea to somebody is particularly not cool. <laughs> yeah. It's more fun though. <laughs> well, wow. Yeah. I mean, there is that. We've gone off the rails already. What are we? <laughs> right. What are we? Five minutes in, and we're off the rails already. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So anyway, there's that. That's uh, my 2020 has been. Um, you know, I, I make resolutions, and they last about the same as everyone else's, and they're the same every year. <laughs> Let's be honest. Be on time. Like, it's a ridiculous. I'm going to put that down. I keep. Th- I have a bottle top that I'm playing with, and I keep throwing it around. It's um, I, I, I make the same resolutions every year, and they last a little while, and then I give them up. And nice. apparently, apparently. I'm an old dog, and new tricks don't work. No, me. no, you're not. You're not. You're no, not changing. Anything I'm old, soon. and I'm setting my ways, and I'm. Anyway, I like that. that. How about you? What's up with 2022 for you? Oh man, you know I have this theory, right? Like I'm starting to believe my own conspiracy theory in my head that every other year is a great year for me. Mm, interesting. And unfortunately, odd years I'm coming to find out um, are better for me than even years. Mm. Is that because you're odd? Probably. Yeah. There's probably oh, yeah, some truth to that. Yeah. So, so uh, basically, it's been it's been rough. Yeah. Scheduling these podcasts is it's kind of just been yeah. crazy the last couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, we've had a little bit of issues. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I missed a deadline for applying to uh, one graduate program, uh, University of Utah Extension program. That wasn't because of a letter of recommendation I was supposed to write, was it? it? Partially. Was it really? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I didn't have all my ducks in a row. It's not entirely your fault. Okay. All right. So I did um, send one off, you know. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Send let's talk about that. So, so I, I, so I've applied to DSU. Do you get to read the letter that I wrote? No, it just goes directly <laughs> to them. <laughs> it goes you're directly. Never, you're never getting in. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, that's, that's probably good. So today you want to hear something crazy. Yeah. So I've learned in my recovery that I'm powerless over uh, my substance abuse if I if I choose to re- pick up again, right? right That's the right, obvious one. It's easy right. one. That was like first time through the steps. Uh, I'm powerless over people. You're powerless over your addiction. You're not powerless over your recovery. Absolutely. Right. Powerless okay. over my addiction. Right. Okay. I'm powerless over people and I'm, I'm powerless over other people. situations. There's one person you have power over. Yeah, myself. Right. But for sure. Other people you're powerless over. For sure. And one so, of those people could be... You are powerless over me. Yes. For example. Yes. Great okay. example. Go ahead. So anyways, today I I, uh, <laughs> I took the GRE. Oh. So let's talk about that. We got First the, of all, I got a GRE story, so we can talk about the GRE for just a okay. second. Okay. First of all, Our I just want to put out there. know what we're talking about. And all, not all of them, but it's a, it's a graduate medical exam to get into graduate school. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you basically have two options. You can go to the testing center and take it out of the testing center, or okay. you can do it from home. Where's the testing? Is there a testing center there's in St. George? Yeah, there's one in okay. the DSU campus. So, okay. so I opt for option B, take it at home. Take it at home. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, I think that they're like, I think they've been trained by Homeland Security. But, well, wait a sec. If you take a test like that at home, what keeps you from just opening the book? Well, that's what I'm getting to. I know. That's why yes. I asked that question. Yes. So I'm pretty sure they were trained by Homeland Security okay. because, I mean, they, they you have to pick up your laptop, open it up, take a tour around the room, show underneath the desk. <laughs> like, you know. Did you have to empty out your, like, <laughs> empty out your pockets? And- yeah. Actually, I had to pull my sleeves up. You see, I'm wearing, for those of you that are watching this via the video, I had to pull my sleeves all the way up, turn them inside out. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. It's Just like to make sure you didn't have the answers tattooed on your arms. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was, you don't even know any of the questions. How could you tattoo the answers? I know, on right? You, you want to hear the other half of that? So this was on the taking test side, right? Yeah. On the giving test side. So I get all the statistics saying the probability of somebody in the room, where your eyes were at, if you opened up other web pages while taking the test. And it gives me a, this like it, it rates you while taking the test and tells me the probability of you cheating in like 10 different categories. Wait, really? are you saying you've proctored a test like this? Yes, is that what yes, you're saying? Uh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I did this during COVID when everything was everybody was at home. So, uh, yeah, it's it sucks because you have to sit there and move the laptop around, and then I get all the all the stats all to the figure data. out. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to that because I had a crazy experience, right? So, so my wife Mandy had some friends down. Her childhood friend of from hers from Logan, from Logan, Utah. Her husband. So they were supposed to go out wait, and wait, wait. lunch. Not her husband. Not Mandy's husband. Because no, Mandy's no, no. husband's you. Right. I don't know if you know. Her friend and... And her and, friend's yeah, husband. Yeah. Okay, right. I don't want to put out names of people. Right, they, I get it. They're not cool with it. I get it. You're so right. so, uh, so they come down. The plan is they know I'm taking the test. Right. They're going to go out, get lunch, go on a hike, right? Four hours. Kill four hours. Cool. Right. So I start the test. Okay. And I'm feeling great, right? I mean, after I get through the Homeland Security check of the room and everything, right? Right. I'm feeling good. I got the essays both knocked out. Boom, boom. Feeling super good about it. They've done the strip search, right? Yeah. Okay. We're way past the strip search. Okay. So I take the first essay, knock it out. I feel really good about it. Second one, knock it out. Feel really good about it. Do the verbal part. Uh, I don't know about knock it out, but I feel pretty good about it. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm like five minutes left on the first math piece and they come home. Apparently they'd forgotten something. Okay. Now, if you know my house, I have two glass doors in the very front. I can see your house. To walk past. you, You enter a door. And on the right-hand side is an office with French glass doors. Yes, absolutely. Right. So I'm in there taking the test. And, you know, they're kind of trying to be quiet. But well, they walk past the glass doors. But they walk doors. past the glass doors, get what they need. And I'm talking, they were in for not even a minute, right? Just in, out. All of a sudden, my screen flashes. <laughs> test gone. A thing pops up and says, please rate your proctor. Your proctor has logged off. Please rate your proctor. And I'm like, wait, what? I, I had... I thought I, and it, and it kind of went down into the toolbar section, you know? So I'm like, wait, what the heck, you know? So I go and I just continue taking the rest of the math portion. Okay. And it says, you know, 10 minute break. Well, after the 10 minute break, nothing happens. There's not a continue. There's not a, right. And I'm, I'm like trying to do the little chat message like, Hey, are you there? Uh, um, what's going on? Can I continue with the test? So anyways, I call the company. I'm like, Hey, like it just froze on me. And they're like, Oh no, your proctor logged off. Apparently they thought that I was cheating mm. because they saw people walk past the glass mm. and they heard other voices. Well, mm. and it's partly the big indicators. I have a little dog named Rocky mm. and he starts going crazy when they come in through the doors, you know, barking and well, going nuts. But Rocky's got the answers and he codes them in his barks. I know. <laughs> I know Rocky. He's so, clever. So anyways, you know, at oh, first I wanted to throw just up the sinking feeling. Isn't oh it? yeah. Yeah. Because you get, you get, listen, if you, uh, I've taken some tests in my day, right? You get kind of geared up for the test and it's like, I just want to get this over at the final, you know, the final day. It's like, can we just get this over please? Oh yeah. And And I was, all of a sudden it's like, oh, they took the test away from me. I was three hours through a four hour test. Oh, I want to just. Three hours through a four hour test that I felt pretty good about. Like uh, I felt pretty confident uh, about, you know? So, so yeah. So that paints the picture of what my 2022 Looks like. No, and I'm, and I'm curious. Is there any type of uh, uh, recourse or any type of retail anything you can like, you can go back and fight them on it? Because yeah. they videotaped the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and recorded it. So yeah. this is the best part, right? Okay. okay. So I feel like I'm going to get called to the principal's office because sure. I called the I called them and they and they said, you know, here's what's happened, you know, and the proctor didn't say anything. They they talked to me th- during the setup, like talked through the computer. So I called them. And I said, hey, what's going on? Blah blah blah. They said, yeah, sure enough, you know, that, that means the proctor's canceled, you know, has, has basically cut off the test. Um, we're going to, because you took the test today, you need to wait 24 hours for them to submit their report. And then you'll have to report to the Department of the Testing. The ETS Office of. ETS Integrity. ETS Office of Testing Integrity. Yeah, the ETS Office of, I mean, talk about a, you know. Oh. This sounds right. So that's, I got a call. Somebody got the thesaurus out. That's when, that's when the <laughs> cavity search. Smart. That's when the cavity search happens right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. That's not sure good. cavity search and integrity belong in the Ooh. same sentence. Whoa. You know. I don't know. To make, to make a little recovery out of this thing that we're ranting and raving about. Today, I just got to realize I'm powerless over some stuff. I, at first, I, of course, I started catastrophizing. I, I literally thought I was going to throw up. Yeah, that was sure. the first response. Like, sure. I literally felt like I was going to puke. Yeah. Uh, the second response was I called the director of the, the marriage and family therapy program here at DSU, and I was like, hey, check it out. <laughs> Here's what happened. You know, if, if my if my CR or GRE score is late, here's why. And he's like, it's cool. Just get it figured out. So as long as I, as long as I finish it by the first, they'll still, 
First of February. Consider me as a candidate. Okay, good. When did DSU's master's degrees get so competitive? There's 65 students that applied last year, and apparently only like five got in. Whoa. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's insane, dude. No, it's not. It's not. Okay, the master's program is not like the rest of DSU. You actually have to qualify to get in. <laughs> okay, all okay, right. Okay, the rest well, of DSU, you're like, oh, I think, I'm, a, think I'm alive. I guess I'll come to school. Go sign your name. <laughs> not even that. X. Don't even have to just show up one day. But yeah, I think the master's I'm program. I'm in school. Because when I went back for my master's, I'd been out of school for 10 years. Oh, and they, and I took the GRE, but I had to take it in a full like a commercial testing center. Oh, I hated it. Yeah. Um, I didn't cheat, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, the but, dog barking code. But two things. One, my uh, score was too low. And number two, because I graduated 10 years previous with a 2.9, I was below the GPA average to get into the program. Mm. Hmm. Mm. But because I've been doing the work for 10 years, like, okay, we'll let you in. Okay, there you go. Nice. So they let me in. So everybody, uh, But so if I was straight out of straight out with my bachelor's, they would have said, you have to go back for another year to take more classes to get your GPA, to get your GPA up. up. Yeah. And that would have okay. been a whole different song and dance. Yeah. So everybody <sighs> in this room has taken the GRE. That it, I don't wish that test on I don't anybody. know if you know this. I took the GRE. Yeah, did you? Which is not a requirement to get into med school. Did I, you do the MCAT as well? Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, MCAT's a requirement to get into medical school, but the GRE is not. But what happened was when I was uh, going to apply to medical school, I had a GPA that was similar to Sean's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I went to the pre-med advisor, and I took the M I had already taken the MCAT, and I crushed it. I, I'm a, I'm a multiple-choice test taker. Like, I'm great at it. Let's not get too cocky, but I am. I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible at essays, but I'm great at multiple-choice tests. And so... Um, so I said, well, what he said, I said, am I going to get in? He said, no. And I said, well, what do I need to do? And he said, if you get a master's degree and get all A's, you'll get in. So I applied for a master's degree, had to take the GRE. So they tell me this about my GRE. This has nothing to do with recovery. We should move on at some point, but it's okay. It's all right. right. Uh, so they tell me about my GRE. I have to take the basic section and then there are some other sections. There was a biology section and they said, we're not going to use the biology section for admission. Mm -hmm. We're just going to use it to help you design your coursework. So the biology section you have to take, but it doesn't matter that much. Like you'll get in even if you do terribly on the biology section. So I had a migraine and uh, I'm, I took the regular section and man, I'm getting this migraine. So I laid my head down on the desk and I fell asleep. <laughs> and so the uh, guy next to me starts to worry about me, right? And wakes me up and I'm like, dude, I don't need to take this section. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so I, I did finish the biology section and I did okay. But anyway, that's my GRE story. Crazy, man. Yep. Crazy. All right. 20, hey. Let's check in with Sean. Oh, yeah. Sean, 2020. What's happening Sean, for you? 2022. Uh, 2022. 2022. Wow. <laughs> I'm two years behind. It's all right. What happened two years ago? <laughs> I'm just you do the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I had to make an emergency trip home to help mom and dad with some stuff, so that wasn't too bad. But 12-hour drive there, 12-hour drive back. Remind me, home is in California? San Jose. Yeah. yeah okay. She's so, a Cali boy. So I have to go through Bakersfield. Oh. The place smells. Have I ever told you a Bakersfield like story? Like flowers? No. If they're flowers, they're the wrong kind of flower, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. It smells like flowers, but it's the, it's the kind with buds on Sticky, them. Sticky icky. So, uh, yeah. no, not even that. No. No? No. Just they're not, It's not flowers. flowers. Okay. Not flowers, okay? okay? All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, first week of school. All right. And yeah. it's not, I, I, I'm less enthusiastic about teaching this semester than I have been the last 10 years. Oh, shoot. Mm. And I'm not seeing the enthusiasm in my students either. They're oh. just like, nah. So. You don't think that could be because they are reflecting your enthusiasm? I've thought about that, but no, but it's actually uh, college-wide. There's just a, a lack of enthusiasm. Sure. And I saw a thing saying that uh, it's the lowest percentage of college students across the nations in 50 years. Whoa. Over a million potential students have not come back to school. Just didn't read. I wonder what that's about. COVID is one I think for it's sure. COVID, I think people are just like, you know, the Zoom, whether you're doing Zoom or you're at home or you have to come to class or mask mandates and all that, I think that affects some people. Okay. And I think there's just a lot of people that are just like, well, well I'm getting maybe uh, unemployment for free or people are just writing things out and it's like, yeah, I don't need to go to college right now. I got another potential cause. You got guys out there like Elon Musk saying, you don't need to go to college. Like no, you, I, I just, you always have people like that. Though. I just watched an Elon Musk video and he said, there's no need to go to college. And I'm like... My education never hurt me once. Like, I, it has been beneficial to me the whole time. 
even when I lost my license to practice medicine, I did not regret having continued my schooling. Well, the the college experience is valuable. Absolutely, the education you receive if you take a, you take it in college is valuable. So those those two separate things both have value in my right. mind. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, there's plenty of people that have the college experience without learning a dang thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you learn how to wake up on time. You learn how to cook. You learn how to clean. You learn how to go you grocery shopping. Socialize and hang out. For you know, sure. it's, it's a whole different experience I, from high I school. Didn't, yeah. I didn't learn how to wake up on time. No, nope, no, nope, not right. in college. <laughs> Still have that problem. That's why my GPA was so crappy. I took a seven a.m. class and never made it. Well, listen, I know a student who's trying to get in to DSU's marriage and family <laughs> therapy program. <laughs> so put in a good word for me, Sean. All, All right, right, let's get this gravy train rolling. All right, we talked twenty minutes almost about almost nothing. It's like so, Seinfeld. Yeah, it's it's totally fine and and. You know, because uh, Kelsey had to cancel on us at last minute, you know, wh what do we do? So so we brainstorm. We brainstorm. Right. We scratch our brains. Between you and I, like, we have two total brain cells, and if they happen to bang into each other, then yeah. we might Sparks form might a fly. thought. <laughs> <laughs> but instead... Mandy. Mandy, Mandy came through, my wife. Right. What would I do we, without we her? Couldn't. We couldn't possibly Except for when she comes home while I'm taking a test. Okay. Well, so Jared texted no me yesterday and no said, hey, uh, yeah. hey, Mandy had an idea. So she came up with, because she's a normie, and she, right. we got Sean, who's a normie, who can speak to some of this and get in on this conversation like he's been doing so far. What do we want normies to know? Yeah. I love it. Right. Sure. I love it. What's the things that you as addicts would, would want normies to know? Yeah. Yeah, I love that on so many levels because sometimes like uh, when I'm facilitating groups, especially particularly family groups, oh, we haven't even done the sponsorship mention. Oh, holy crap. That just reminded we me. We forgot we were doing a podcast. <laughs> Episode 65 is brought to you by Steps Recovery Centers. Oh, yeah. They're ready to help when you're ready for them to help you. Reach out to them by calling them at 801-800-8142. We love Steps. So uh, we'll do the other ones later. Yeah, sure. So I'm running family groups, right? Okay. And I love it. At Steps Recovery Center. Yeah. And I, and I love it when I hear this from family members. Okay. Little Johnny or little Susie are just struggling with so many demons. Hold on a minute. If Johnny or Susie have demons, call the Catholic Church. Get an exorcist. <laughs> because I don't deal with demons. The power of Christ compels you. Right? The like, power <laughs> we don't, I don't, I don't deal with demons. You don't cast spirits out. You don't. There are no, there are no demons involved here, right? You don't put your hand, you don't put your hand on their head and say, get out. <laughs> no. I mean, some of that stuff might work with some, you know, what do they call those? The people? Televangelists. Tele yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, but in the treatment center, there's no demons involved in this thing. That's probably true. Listen, the AMA. There's no actual Satan involved. The American Medical Association. Yes. In 1956. 1956. That was before anyone in this room was born. Long and time I'm ago. quite old. What did they rule? They ruled that the, uh, that addiction was. A disease. Oh, what? Yeah. Addiction was a disease. Yeah. They, they, so they, they had a committee and they got together and they. Decided that addiction was a disease. Sure, sure. And part of this stuff is... Well, it's is, a disease caused by demons. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, we can... You, so, got the, you got the demon disease. So is there anything that you've just heard in working in treatment that you're like, hold on a minute, this is all super stigma-based. The demon thing is super stigma-based. And I get that it's just a, it's a play on words. I understand that they don't really mean that Johnny or Susie has demons, demons quote unquote. Right. right. Right, but anything? Got anything to that one? Well, I mean, sure. There's a lot of stuff I've heard in treatment, um, but I just went blank on what the, what any of it is. Another uh, one. Another one that I love is is like when uh, yeah. a married couple is going through a divorce, and the the spouse of the other is is get lights a letter from an attorney that says, while they're in uh, this treatment program, they shouldn't have contact with their children. Okay, so if they were struggling with diabetes and they went and got hospitalized for it should they not no, have contact you, you with don't their children no you don't want a guy <laughs> with high blood sugars talking to his kids right right like some yeah. of that you know what i mean some of that yeah, stuff I, I just scratch my head and go we're so behind the eight ball yeah that's a good example thanks like, like this is society needs to know yeah. like knock it off right like yeah, the, for sure for sure <laughs> I, I i mean i hear from families all the time they just my loved one just they don't love me anymore they don't Oh, I mean, yeah. there's a common one that uh, that I would love to address in the second segment a little bit about sort of how we approach our disease and and 
you know, what happens in the brain of an addict versus not loving your loved ones anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's not, it's not that. That's I great. I tell you that. Well, I heard the music. Guess what that means, Doc? That means we wasted the whole first segment and got to one topic. Episode 65, part <laughs> one, has now come to a close. Stay with us as we jump into what we want normies to know in part two. Beautiful. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. Hi, everybody. I'm Shalee. I'm one of the clinical directors at Steps Recovery Center. At Steps, we really want to focus on the individual and not just the person in addiction. We want to have the ability to help from the time you enter and tell the time you finish, whether you need healing from trauma or family issues and concerns. We got you covered from the start of your journey to the end of your journey. We're just here to help when you're ready for us to help you. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We made it through the entire first segment and didn't accomplish much. Um, (laughs) COVID. Excuse me, I just got a cough. Contracted COVID. I have since received two negative tests, so... Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely negative now. Hey, good. part two. Uh, part two of our podcast is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. If you or a loved one, nope, that's the Steps Recovery Center one. Hilton Garden Inn. If you happen to be traveling through Southern Utah, give them a Google search. The so Hilton Garden Inn. They'll take really good care of you. They have amazing amenities. The place is clean and lovely. And uh, just get, type in Hilton Garden Inn, and they'll take awfully good care of you. I, as always. Also sponsored by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> not sponsored by Dr. Pepper. <laughs> oh, we're not sponsored by Dr. And Dr. Diet Coke. Dr. Dr. Pepper and doesn't... Sean keep giving these guys free advertisement. Do- Dr. Pepper doesn't hate it if we if we mention them, though. So. Oh, my god, Dr. Pepper. Dr. Hey, Dr. listen, Pepper. you know what the Hilton Garden is really great for? Talk to me. If you have a Hot guest, tub. Hot tub in the rain? Yeah, hot tub in the rain. <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> that, was that was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not what you think, Sean. Stop being perverted, okay? <laughs> If you have a if you have a if you have a cancellation at the last moment, I'm not knocking on Kelsey. I get it. She 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 had she got sick. But if you have a cancellation at the last minute, oh, we, we had two of them this we week. We killed them this week. We killed them this week, and they were so great about it. Well, they were sort of great about it. They can were I, pretty can, great. Can I give you a story? Sure. That you don't know yet. So not I was it, not I, if it's knocking our sponsor. I was bringing a no no not I don't know that we we threw a couple of curveballs at him for sure. So I was going to bring a friend down. Um, Mark Pepper, who has been on the show, actually. Uh, I was going to bring Mark Pepper down. We are going to play some golf this weekend, right? And he blew out his ankle uh, like Thursday. Not Thursday, uh, Wednesday. He purposely was like, I don't want to golf with sellers. sellers. (laughs) I'm not going with sellers. Honey, bring me the mallet. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to jump off a building before I go with sellers. (laughs) So we had to call and cancel them. And then our guest canceled. So you had to call our email and cancel that so i get to the hilton garden inn last night they have no reservation for me oh no <laughs> they just canceled everything they just canceled us all because we'd canceled so much they're Take it like, all we're not talking books. to those guys anymore so anyway they canceled me and then i got there they had rooms they but, got you in but they tried to do the uh i said miller motivation group and then they they charged me way too much Okay, we'll get it figured out. It's They're always good, good about it. It's all it. good. Yeah, we love wrestling those guys. It's all good. It's nights. It's you know night staff and and you know they don't deal with us Crazy throwing all schedules. these curveballs in <laughs> all the time. So anyway, that's what happened with that. All right. Well, let's okay. pull up. Let's pull up the website for uh, Recovery Strong. Recovery Strong. Recovery Strong is all about another sponsor. Fighting addiction and strengthening recovery. If you want to get you some pretty sweet apparel that basically says I'm not ashamed of being in recovery. Go to recoverystrong.com, click on the gear. They've got some cool t-shirts. they got hoodies, uh, gift cards. Yeah, check them out. Sean's got it up. they got some good stuff. So so go, go get yourself some recovery gear. Type in We Do Recover 15 to save 15% off your entire purchase at checkout, recoverystrong.com. Thank you, you guys. Beautiful. Okay, we got our sponsors in. 
Let, let's get to, um, because we have 20 minutes left. Back to the topic? Let's get to the topic. Okay. And I, and, I, and again, the topic is what do we want normies right? to know? And, and I went with, um, you know, I, I kind of transformed it in my own mind. What would I like my loved ones to know? Sure, sure. Not just normies specifically. I mean, not just normies in general, but my normies. That's good that we took different routes because right. mine are more for society. So yours more personalized. Right. Let's get it. All right. So, um, so, Sean, will you play that? Can you play that uh, little, quick little, this is like a three or four minute. You did 12, a rap? 12 minute. You did a rap 45 for us? Minute. This is a rap a song? Rap. That's what this is. This is a little video on YouTube <laughs> that I did once upon a time that explains in fairly briefly sort of what I think of the disease of addiction. Terry Sellers. I am a board certified addiction medicine physician. From a scientific standpoint, first of all, where drugs and alcohol work in our system is in a little portion of our brain called the midbrain. The midbrain's deeply primitive, like we don't even know. It's unconscious and it's the part of our brain that really keeps us alive. And what addiction starts to look like to the midbrain is when we get incoming stress, whatever the stress may be, the bill collectors and my wife's breaking up with me and my, whatever the stress may be, those incoming stressors are perceived by our midbrains as a threat to our survival. Now you go and you, you drink a bunch of alcohol or you shoot some morphine or some heroin or some, you know, whatever your drug, whatever that drug is, those drugs work in the midbrain and they cause the midbrain to release dopamine, which makes us feel really good. Everything that we do in our life that feels good happens because our midbrain releases dopamine. Drugs release massive amounts of dopamine, massive amounts, and it feels good. But it's a misperception. Drugs don't keep people alive, but it feels that way to your midbrain. And so then you look at how that affects people's lives. Your midbrain's job is to keep you alive. If it thinks the drugs keep you alive and that those drugs release so much dopamine that it's better than anything else you can do on this planet, then that starts to replace all those other things which we also enjoy because my family and whatever other activities I enjoy, they don't release as much dopamine as drugs do. Now, people can look at people with addiction issues and say, well, that, that guy loves the drugs more than his family. No, that's not really the truth, but the drugs do release a lot of more dopamine in his midbrain than the family does, and therefore that midbrain, which is trying to keep you alive, perceives that the drugs are more important than your family. It's not really a choice between family and drugs. It's a choice between, to the midbrain, survival and family. Well, my, my midbrain is supposed to keep me alive. My family has to come second to me being alive. Everything that's less than, than life itself is secondary to drugs when someone's addicted. Well, there's the, uh, there's the sort of simple simplified version of what addiction does in our brain okay i love it so one of the things when you ask that when we talked about the topic one of the things that i really want my family or my loved ones to know is even though it may look that way from the outside we don't love you any less yeah absolutely but i the, love the piece where where you stated it's survival right and you can't your family comes secondary because your brain it's not true listen it's not it's absolutely not true right, and we're right. not justifying or rationalizing anybody's use right but what we are saying is it definitely happens in the brain it feels that way if it's the not, perception <clears throat> is that it feels like the drugs keep you alive now that again we acknowledge that's not true drugs don't keep anyone alive in fact more and more people die from drug overdoses than car accidents in the united states but um but it feels that way in the Absolutely. in the brain of an, an addict. They feel like they're going to die, and they feel like they use drugs, and all of a sudden, hey, I'm not going to die. And I think maybe that's why there's so much stigma around this is because a normie, which we're talking to today on this episode, doesn't understand the hijacking that you just right. described in that video. Right. That's, they don't. All they see is the behaviors, the external behaviors. Right. Of they're choosing to go to the liquor store instead of come home. Instead of the family dinner. They're choosing to go to the bar with their buddies instead of come home. Instead of going to B Jimmy's baseball practice. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yep. I see Sean grabbing for his mic. No, I was just going to agree with you on that one. I see. Yeah, the action. Yeah. Right. That's what. Right. That, that's what our family see is right. uh, what they our, don't, our words can't mean anything. 
when our actions speak that loud, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, all they see is Jimmy or dad, dad, brother, Ooh, son. I, I had a brother say to me one time, your actions are speaking so loud I can't hear your words. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, see, there you go. But what they see is dad didn't show up for, for the family dinner like he said he was going to. Dad didn't, or mom didn't, mom didn't come to my play at school like she said she was going to, or came and fell asleep, or, absolutely, you know, whatever else it was. And, and I think you said something earlier. You're talking about, uh, this is in the first segment, uh, you know, when the lawyer says, hey, we he shouldn't see the kids, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And from my point of view, I'm just like, well, if, if, if dad's in, if uh, soon to be divorced, dad's going to be in, you know, is in treatment and he's acted this way and I've seen him act whatever. Um, I, I can almost sympathize with that side saying, yeah, I don't want my kids to associate with this person who has this problem, whose actions have been repeatedly horrible and time har- after time and harmful to the children. Yeah. You know, and at the end, but you're saying, hey, you know, that, you know, it's a disease. That's, well, yeah, but your disease is making you an a-hole. Yeah, that's sure. <laughs> the behaviors, no. the behaviors because of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, but however, from the flip side of that, if we know what is true, again, has been medically researched since 1956, would that person make those decisions? Would they exhibit those behaviors if they weren't in that active addictive <clears throat> active addiction state does that make sense so so right so here so here's the thing i get i get that there's some resentment i get that there's some back stuff but if he's in recovery and he's trying to rebuild his life he's going to need some positive motivators he's going to need everybody needs something to work towards right you know but then is it are you helping him by bringing the kids to see him or are you hurting the kids by having them see the behavior, whatever it may be. There's no question that it's, your it's point a, is valid. It's, sure. it's, I mean, I, I it's see both interesting, sides. Right. Yeah, it's the, an interesting the point question. is valid. I want to, I want to go back to the brain thing for just a second on that. Yeah. Thanks, but what, what I didn't really talk about in that little quick video was there's really two parts of the brain. Well, there's a bunch of parts of the brain, obviously, but there's two parts of the brain that sort of relate to addiction. One is that midbrain that I talked about and the midbrain is deeply primitive and your midbrain and my midbrain and Sean's midbrain and everyone else's looks exactly like the midbrain of a snake. It's no different. Like it's exactly the same as a snake's midbrain hasn't evolved in years and, and billions of years. And okay. then there's a frontal cortex. Frontal cortex is the big part of the human brain. We have a bigger frontal cortex than any animal on the planet. And the frontal cortex is where our personality and those things that make us uniquely human and those things that also make us uniquely us, me, mm-hmm. That's in the frontal cortex. That's me. That's my personality. That's my, that frontal cortex is where I can be an asshole. Sure. That frontal cortex is where, okay, and what happens is in the midst of your midbrain thinking it's going to die, it's capable of shutting that frontal cortex completely off because it thinks it's going to die and it's got to secure your survival. And again, it's mistaken, but it thinks your survival is secured by getting drugs or alcohol because then you feel better and all of a sudden you don't think you're going to die. So what I'm, what, if I want to turn this back around to family, it's not me because me is frontal cortex. It's not me that's doing those stupid things. It's, and, and yes, it is. Of course it is. Right. But it's not really me in You're the sense of the my personality. Yeah. That's my midbrain, which everyone's midbrain is the same, right? It's my midbrain that's making those choices. And it has shut down me. Me is my frontal cortex when I'm goofy and when I'm late and when I'm, you know, whatever it is that's me, that's frontal cortex. And in the midst of survival panic, Midbrain shuts that part of me down and I can't draw on my values. My values are my family, super important. Mm -hmm. My family's maybe the most important thing on the entire planet with one exception. And that's me staying alive. Otherwise, if I'm not alive, I don't have a family. Right. And so that, that, that frontal cortex stuff is me. If I'm an a-hole in my frontal cortex, that's a problem. But when, when I look like an a-hole to my family, that's not my frontal cortex. That's my midbrain. Absolutely. I'm just going to, for two, maybe two minutes, maybe even less than that, I'm going to get back to Sean's, Sean's point because I think it's a really good one. Okay. Is it better for the, the, uh, person in treatment, right? Or is it worse for the kids? So let me, and, and I get that and that's fair. And that's a very interesting point to make. Now, Dr. Sellers has just brought up the whole frontal cortex, rational decision-making, all that stuff. 
So if I'm a kid and I don't understand what's happened, like maybe I have some traumas around, you know, uh, the arguing and, you know, the abandonment and some of the things that walk hand in hand with addiction. addiction. Right. So my dad's just gone. I have no contact with him for 30, 45, 60, however many days. Maybe they say, well, into, into a complete treatment, which could be months. I have no contact with him. Just, that's reinforcing reopening the trauma. That's reinforcing that abandonment. Yep. They have they they have un, unanswered questions, right? They they they're just left wondering. All of a sudden, he's just gone. Versus, if they can get involved in in some type of phone calls treatment plan, where they can learn that listen, dad wasn't all the way there. Dad dad wasn't making these decisions all just because he's a terrible person. He had something going on with him. Maybe we can start the healing and maybe we can start the rebuilding. If they can sit and listen to dad tell how, how sorry he is and, and some of the resentments that he, or some of the regrets that he has. And, and so I do a thing called four hours with the family group. What are your regret? What are your resentments? And they each share. What are your regrets? What are your requ requests? And what do you respect? And in those four questions, there's so much power that happens between family members and, and those that we're, that we're treating our clients. Does that kind of make a little bit of sense? Oh yeah, yeah. And if you look at, then if you look at how treatment is structured, first of all, when people first come into treatment and they're still relatively close to their last use and they're still relatively close to their midbrain taking over, we have a blackout period. Yeah, they but don't get that They contact. don't see family and they don't get to talk to family for a brief period of time. And part of that's to focus the, the client on being in treatment and that sort of stuff. Acclimating. But another part is to let that midbrain sort of calm down and realize you're not going to die if you don't have the drugs because you the whole time you're in treatment, you don't have drugs, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so then you start, once that calms down and shuts down a little bit more, then your frontal cortex takes over. By the time family can come visit them, they're them. They're getting they get, back to being them. They get them, to be for them. Sure. For right? sure. So you have the full treatment program for the addict. And then it sounds like they're, I'm not sure, is, it, is there treatment? Okay. You see where I'm going with this one? Yep. Yeah, because the it's one of my questions. Love the it. treatment for the normie, for the family, for the wife, for the kids. You know, it's like daddy's going away for 60 days, X, Y, Z. What are we doing? Yeah. I okay. Mean, so, so here's one of the things I would like my loved ones to know or loved ones to know. Mm -hmm. It's a family disease. Get your own help. Right. Yep. That's something that's critically important is it is the, the disease, although the disease is the is caused by one person in the family. It affects the entire family. So get your own help. Learn how not to be manipulated so easily by an addict who's great at manipulation. But listen, everyone's great at manipulation if they think they're going to die. So they're going to do so whatever they want need, to. I now need to go to therapy. I need to bring my kids to therapy. Well, no, you, yeah. listen, okay. you're great at <laughs> yes. this. You're great at this because that's a that's, that's going to be get, an objection, right? I get that how, every How come night. Johnny was doing this and now I got to go get help? Yep. Yeah. But it's true. If you go get help, you Johnny's because less likely to do well, it. You didn't is, cause is that, it. You, is that part of the program, though? Yes, is, absolutely. I mean, is this where, okay, I, we've dropped off dad and it's like, okay, now let's talk to normies and say, this is what you should do. Is this is that part of the treatment program? That's what I do every sure. week, buddy. Sure. So okay. here's the thing: right. you didn't cause it, you can't cure it. But how do there's there's four C's, and I'm blanking on them because yeah, I'm calling. You get letters right for everything, man. Yes, yeah, he does. yes, <laughs> yeah. four C's. Uh, you didn't he cause it. You can't cure it. You didn't create it. But how did you contribute to it? Right? How how do you contribute? In other words, the whole familial. The how whole do fam you not? How did you? Right. How how you, you how, said how did you? Which then now puts blame on the. Sure, because they do. Sorry, cause I, every I know family you, just, system. you just slipped with the tongue there, so I just want to that for a second. <laughs> but it's true. Everybody contributes in some way, right? Whether it's enabling, whether it is, uh, sure. you know, a dysfunctional communication. And we, we, we teach those things. And it has to, honest, the whole familia system has to change. That's why people ask me, Jared, I, I know you're passionate about recovery. I know you're passionate about uh, addiction and this thing. Why marriage and family? At the core of every addict, they want to be loved. They want their family involved in their life. They have done things that they wouldn't normally typically do to push their family away. For them to achieve long-term recovery, the family system has to be addressed. That's why I want to go after my master's in, in MFT, in marriage and family therapy. I don't need to Two be more years, man. You'll be in the program. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, need to, I don't need to be able to diagnose everything on the face of the earth for me to be super effective. That's one piece, and that's why I'm kind of differentiating right. from instead of the LCSW, instead of the CMHC, like right. I, want to, I want it to be the family stuff. Right. So there is, um, so in answer to Sean's question, 
Yeah, along there's a sort of companion program to Alcoholics Anonymous called Al-Anon, which is which is support meetings for family. And are you going to get treatment when you go to these support meetings? I yeah, I mean, sure you are. And why do you have to go to treatment when you didn't cause it? I get it, but it teaches you how to live with an addict and how not to. And you, you don't know, have to. Right? No, it's right. It's optional, but yeah. it'll help you in your life if you're living with an addict to recognize signs when that addict is. Sure. Let me bring up an example. Headed south. Let me bring up an example why why it's important for the family to get education and some treatment and, and to just be, become familiar. Okay. One of my things I want, I want uh, normies quote unquote to know just because we say we're triggered or craving doesn't mean we're going to use or have drugs on us. I have a little story here. Okay. I'm going to protect this person's this, an, anonymity. This is a great one. I, I'm going to protect this person's an, anonymity, but I get a phone call from basically a sponsee and he's like, he's been estranged from his wife. He's in early recovery. And apparently he had a rough day at work. He works construction, seasonal, they laid him off. He's right. He's having all kinds of fear and all kinds of anxiety that's coming up. And he, he calls her on the way home. And with what we teach them, the best intentions, hey, babe, I'm triggered. Man, I am struggling. I think I need to hit a meeting on the way home. He gets home and pulls into his driveway. Guess guess what What two vehicles are waiting for him? U-Haul and a cop. Nope. Oh, two no. sheriff's officers. Yeah. She cop. called the police. They searched his vehicle. They gave him a sobriety test because she doesn't understand the language. She doesn't understand the right. process. She doesn't understand that we teach them, be transparent, tell on yourself right. that what you keep in the dark grows, what you bring to the light, you can let go of. Right. So, so if I call my wife and say, Hey, I'm having a tough day. I'm feeling triggered. I'm going to a meeting. The best thing my wife can do is not call the cops. She can say, awesome. What meeting are we going to? See, but that's a conversation that that's a, a pre-conversation that I need to have. Yes. For example, yes. I need, I, I will not hear that from you i need to hear that from somebody who's actually uh, you as addict i mean i mean sure. i need to hear that from a therapist i need to hear that from somebody else to say this is what they're learning they're learning to be transparent yes. they're learning to say these things so when they say that you need to act this way if you as addicts say hey i'm i'm feeling this way of course we call the cops i'm calling the u-haul i'm going to grandma's house to get away right, from me, whatever right. it may be you know <laughs> because some of these things these lessons need to be, I need to be taught them from somebody as I see doesn't have the problem. Yeah. So, absolutely. you know, cause as long as you have the problem, I'm not going to believe you. And most treatment centers have some form of family programming. So let, let me give you another example without the anonymity. I remember the first time I told my wife I was craving, mm. freaked out, freaked out, didn't I call bet. the cops, but freaked out. How likely am I going to tell her the next time I'm craving when she's freaked likely. out on me over no, that, right? Not very likely. So I had to sit down and educate her, and she she took it. She didn't have to have it from a professional. She took it from me, and I educated her about, listen, when I tell you I'm craving, that's good behavior. That's not bad behavior because when I keep that a secret and just sit with it, I'm way more likely to do something dumb than if I put it out there, and what I'm asking is, look, I'm craving. Maybe keep a little bit of an eye on me. Don't panic. But maybe don't let me Take manipulate you into saying that I'm going with my buddy to sure. for something for six hours. Don't don't let me do that. Sure. Right. And so she, my wife, learned that pretty quickly that I I can say I'm craving and she doesn't panic, but she knows that she kind of needs to put her antenna up a little yeah. bit and, and maybe show some support. Watch me. Right. Show some support. Yeah. yeah. So I got. Yeah. Go ahead. No, actually, I had one more. I had a, a normie question. Yeah. You see, it's great. Um, You're the best normie on this show. Thank you, thank you. Wait, I'm the old. <laughs> oh, yeah. How much as a normie can I joke with you mm. about oh, please. your what a great question specific or general? What a great question! You know, great question. You care if I take it real oh, fast? Oh. You're you're like literally going down my list. Yeah, this, my next one, Sean. You're a good normie, this, really. Which leads into this? I'm a good normie. <laughs> okay, so we talk about telling ourselves and being transparent, and I had an experience around this with the dentist, so I'm just going to shoot it out there. If on a medical questionnaire form we list in recovery from opiates, doctor, oh, please man. don't act weird. Oh, don't get freaky on us, please. Joke with us. Yeah, I please. I yes. What, what, the whole theme of this podcast is tragedy plus time equals humor, right? We come on here and we laugh at, at some of this stuff. Right. Like I, I hope that the doctor comes in and the first thing he says to me is, "Well, bud, so you like used to do cocaine off of a hooker's butt." All right. <laughs> well, no, but for, <laughs> for this example, well, bud, looks like we're not giving you any opiates, right? Like that would be fantastic. What I usually get is like, "Hey, keep an eye on that guy." 
Yeah. Don't leave any equipment in the room with him. Count the <laughs> pencil. I think he stole a pencil on the way out. We're going to remove that guy's heart, spleen, and lungs and not give him a single pain pill. Uh, you know what I mean? Don't be weird. Yeah, man. We joke about it, laugh about it. Like, yeah. And I guess it also I goes feel. with the transparency on your side. So if there's a, something that I say as a joke that goes too far, you know, hopefully you can say, hey, that's just maybe one sure. step too far. But overall, you're saying... Sure. Well, the don't thing, tippy toe. The thing that drives me yeah. crazy about the medical stuff with the doctors is they literally list other illnesses. And right. so I put SUD, substance use disorder. Yeah. And then from that point on, I get the, hey, watch that guy. Yeah. If you find a doctor that treats you that way, find another doctor. For sure. There's plenty out there that understand it and there's plenty that don't. But listen, as, as a recovering opiate addict doesn't mean I have to have giant surgeries in my life and not have a single pain pill. Sure. I might have to take extra precautions, but I did you, did you have one more or do you want me to no, go last ahead. one? Last, my last one, one to last close one. us out. And I think this is a general, oh, I got, I got the last one. Let me finish with the last one. You go on. I got a quick one. This will be a quick one. If you hear someone identify as I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic, that doesn't mean they're in active addiction. We right. need to change the message around that. Good one. My last one is what I want my loved one to know. We're sorry. Oh, absolutely. We're sorry. I get, I understand why you follow me to the bathroom in my first six months of recovery. Yep. I understand why you won't borrow me 20 bucks. Yep. I understand. And I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. This has been fun, Take man. That was fun. This has been fun. So join us next week on episode 65. 66. Oh boy. 66. My brain is fried after that GRE of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from a podcast studio.